There is a, a TV show I like to watch called Brooklyn Nine-Nine. It's a, it's a sitcom uh, about a police precinct in uh, Brooklyn, hence the title. And one of the occasional but recurring characters on the show is someone that the main characters dub the Vulture. The Vulture has earned that name, for the Vulture works uh, for the Major Crimes Bureau and is notorious for swooping in at the last minute to steal the cases from folks who had almost finished those cases. The Vulture then gets to claim that he solved the case and gets to take credit for the work that he did not do. This makes the vulture both valued uh, in the eyes of his superiors who know no better and hated by those who are subject to his whim. This is the, the sort of thing that strikes, or I imagine it strikes us, as deeply unfair. But it's also something that happens in the real world all the time. A professor takes credit for a discovery their student unearths, or, or a boss claims ownership of an idea or a product that they had no hand in creating. Usually this sort of occurrence is linked to dynamics of power, where the one who is in a position of authority takes advantage of that authority to steal the hard work of their subordinate. This sort of thing is unjust, and it is unfair, right? So it's worth noticing that this is not the sort of dynamic in play in the parable that Jesus tells us this morning. And yet, let's admit that there is something that strikes us, or at least me, as unjust and unfair about this parable. And to see this, I I want to engage your imagination. Imagine, if you will, that you are one of those hired at the beginning of the day. You awaken early, and you leave your home before the sun is up. Perhaps you are woken up with anxiety about the well-being of your family. For there is no guarantee that you will get a job that day, and therefore you don't know if you'll be able to provide for your family. Thankfully, As soon as you arrive in the marketplace, there is a landowner who wants to hire you for a day's work. Today, at least, you tell yourself, your children will eat. You agree with the landowner upon a wage. Nothing extravagant, mind you, but an honest wage for an honest day's work. You work hard through the heat of the day, and sporadically, Throughout the day, more workers show up, and you don't mind them being there. They're helping out. Many hands make light work, that sort of thing. And at the end of the day, the landowner lines everyone up to pay the workers. They ask the people who have been there the longest to line up in the back. The landowner's manager starts paying people. And remarkably, the folks who have been there for only an hour 
get a whole day's pay. It's an amazing turn of events. And for everyone who was there after you, they all get paid for the whole day. And you can't help, you can't help but imagine that you just might get more since they only worked for a bit and received so much. And you've been there all along. Surely you've earned it. But then, when it's your turn, at the very end of the line, you receive only what you agreed to, and not even a little bit more. Those others who hardly worked at all got just as much as you, and you worked all day. It's not fair. It's not just. I don't think we can really hear and digest this parable without feeling its burn. We can't really appreciate what Jesus is saying here without appreciating the offense of it. This is a parable that should upset our sense of justice and merit. After all, some people are getting what they deserve, but others are getting more than they deserve. In some cases, far more. Some of the workers worked all day and earned their pay, but the others didn't and still got paid for that whole day. It's not fair and it's not just. Except, except certainly the landowner is also correct. He has not shortchanged those first workers. He's not stolen from them or cheated them of a fair wage. He paid all of them what they agreed was fair. And in this sense, it's not unjust, even though it feels unfair. And so what's happening here? The reality is, is that there are, there are two senses of justice at play here and they stand in opposition to one another. The first sense of justice is the justice of those first grumbling workers. Their sense of justice is defined by merit, by what one has earned. In this sense of justice, each person gets what they deserve. It is justice as karma. You get what you put in. You get what is coming to you. In this way, it is a sense of justice defined by scarcity. There is not enough to go around, and therefore, it is only fair that each person gets what they have coming to them. The second form of justice is the landowner's sense of justice. And this sense of justice is defined by generosity and abundance. It is a justice where everyone receives what they need. It is true that some receive more than they deserve, but everyone has enough for the day. 
The questions of, of merit are just less pressing than the question of need. And what's more than that, the landowner is not content with just finding the first workers, but instead constantly seeks out others to include them in the work so that their needs might be met as well. The landowner goes out again and again all day long to draw in others so that they might share in the abundance. This is the sense of justice that the landowner has. This is the logic of the kingdom of God. Now, this parable and this vision of God's kingdom has some, some interesting social and economic and political ramifications, doesn't it? But I want to lay that aside. At least this morning, I ask you to ponder it in your own hearts and talk about it with me if you want. But I want, you to, I want to lay it aside today so that I can talk about God. For what this parable shows us is that God is a God of abundance and freely given love. God is a God who loves us, not as we deserve, but as we need. And this can be wonderful, comforting news, news that we need to hear, because God does not love us as we deserve. Instead, God loves us because we are God's children. God loves us because we are created for and by love. God loves us because we need this love. And yet I think we should also admit that this news of God's love presents us with a challenge. Perhaps we can allow ourselves to feel the burn of the parable again. For if God's love is for all people, then it is also for those that we believe simply do not deserve it. This abundant love for all is not just for the, the saints and the good people, for the heroes and the charitable, for all the people that we agree with, but for the sinner and the enemy and the ones that we despise. The challenge of this morning's parable is to, to lay aside questions of merit and of deciding what people deserve. When we cling to questions of merit, we inevitably cling to, to resentments and enmity and even hatred. Instead of clinging to resentment, we are asked to turn toward the vision of the kingdom that Jesus lays forth, where people's needs are met in God's love. We are invited to share in this vision and share in the work of revealing God's love in the world. So, do you deserve God's love? 
Well, thankfully, that is not the question. For God loves you as you need and not as you deserve. So, does your enemy, does the one you despise, deserve God's love? Well, perhaps, regretfully, that is also not the question. For God's love is so broad and so vast that even our enemies and those we hate are caught up in the breadth and width of God's faithful love for all of humanity. So here is God's love. It is a love that welcomes all, embraces all, includes all. Here is God's love. It it searches out the lost and the broken. Here is God's love that God goes out even at the 11th hour and search. Here. Here is God's love. And it is truly a love for all. Amen.